Epic. Okay, well, so I guess uh, getting into this stuff post, uh, like, the uh, presidential primary, there's been uh, a bit of excitement with, like, some legislative races and primaries and you know luckily the uh the uh the the, the squad which was poised to be um uh crushed according to like uh, the, oh, the yeah, smart the... editorialists uh they're all gonna uh, Rashida, lose their Omar, races and uh oh, well. and because uh, you know like uh, there's backlash against the their, moderates uh, are radicalism. tired <laughs> and uh, you know people wanted to people are tired to the of norm. seeing their congress people on the news yeah uh, and so that's that's why uh, Ocasio Cortez is, is is no longer in the House of Representatives, uh, and um, <laughs> uh, Jamal Bowman is not headed to the House himself, uh, among like some other exciting wins. Cory Bush, um, but our queen, who we love, yes. <laughs> Electoralism is a, isn't a spook. Well, who care about look, voting? Look. Vote for Danny DeVito. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's look, it's it's all a fuck, but we're winning. Well, so. I, I guess like uh, like uh, the only reason you care about electoral politics is so that you can own people on the internet. That is a very healthy <laughs> attitude to have endorsed look, by bad practice. Yeah, I yes, we love if you. It's it's my means of bullying people. If I didn't have politics, I wouldn't have anything else to make fun of people for, other than like you know having bad eyebrows or like not, you know, listening to cool enough music or something. I like I like this instead. Yeah, I guess I guess in terms of like uh, its significance to like leftism or uh, uh, winning the future, uh, maybe that's a discussion that can be had. But like it, I, I I I like the epicness of people like Ilhan Omar. But I th- like I, I guess regardless of whether like these primaries and races are important at the end of the day, like I, I, the it's clear that the establishment of the Democratic Party sees uh, like um, these primaries as a mechanism for punishing the left. So they're, I think I believe that they're seeing that, you know, um, being owned by Joe Biden wasn't enough. There's still excitement. There's still these challenges. And I think that that uh, at the end of the day is the basis for uh, uh, our other favorite Joe for running for Senate. Uh, in Massachusetts, and uh, why everybody's favorite frog boy, right? And why they there like there's been so much um, uh, media power and like the uh, uh, might of the Democratic establishment and uh, uh, college dims poured into trying to fuck over Alex Morse <laughs> because everybody knows that like young gay progressive. Uh, mayors are like the scariest people on the planet. Right. And right. anytime that a, anytime that a gay man has sex, he's being a predator. Actually. Right. Right. We def- definitely learned that uh, from uh, uh, particular websites uh, like uh, Twitter. Uh, and also, and also, months. also, homophobia is super cool when it comes from like college Marxists. Well, I, I, oh I yeah, is this from college <laughs> Marxists? Like, uh, is that who orchestrated it, it, this? Uh, it was all annoying college nerds but there were also some I was like, like, not the marxists the marxists are smoking <laughs> weed and they don't care about this the well, okay, people so though that were... yell and email their teacher or email their professors because they're pissed off at because them there when... aren't there aren't enough uh, 
black. Oh, I'm going to get in trouble for saying <laughs> that one. <laughs> Everyone's mad at me already on Twitter because uh, I was like, hey, I never got to have anything I liked on the syllabus for my econ classes. The key is to just be annoying as fuck and bring it up whenever anyone asks. And people were like, oh, why are you demanding so much from these people? And I was like, no, I'm just saying, like, if you expect academia to change, like, good luck son it's much easier to just be that annoying person in class who brings up the outside reading that you wish would be on the syllabus you know yeah i mean i literally like i don't even read books and i did that shit it's not that hard (laughs) it's not that hard god i made made every conversation i made every conversation about communism like the good no uh, literally i was known about that and i'm like communist i am that is what actually the show, because here's the thing, I just want to put this as a, like a side rant. If you're annoyed because like there aren't enough like XYZ writings on your syllabus or whatever, like, yeah, that That's sucks. Gonna... I wish we lived in a, oh in a perfect world where all the class, I wish we went to Tumblr University, like we all dreamt up in 2013 <laughs> and took classes on Doctor Who and social justice. And went to Dashpot afterwards. Yeah, and then, you know, like, <laughs> I, I'm going to fucking find it. In the, I'm going to find it in the chat, but like Tumblr University. <laughs> yeah, the I pocket. wish we went there. Sorry, we live in the real world, and you're gonna have a lot of professors that are not like that because most people who get tenure are not people who are like that because they're trying to make sure that that type of like think about universities as an institution. Like, the, does it make sense that they would be tenuring a lot of Marxists? No, they tend to tenure people who have views that they want to be espoused by their university. Anyways, the point is, is that you're never going to get rarely i'll say rather because there are a couple times that i've had wonderful teachers who have given amazing reading lists but like the vast majority of professors that you deal with especially in this situation it was an adjunct professor who makes dirt adjunct professors make no money and also they have no rights have no rights and no they they, they can't push the boundaries like whatever regardless they're and also let's remember that there's like two weeks into the semester so putting all that aside okay most professors you meet when you go to college are not Marxists. They're not, they are mostly old people. They are mostly white. They are mostly not any of these things. And they aren't, they're smart. And a lot of them though, if you talk to them, they know that this stuff exists. They just don't put it on their syllabus because either they were hired because they hold these stupid fucking views or they don't, like, they're not gonna risk their job, whatever. Like, I'm not saying that it's a good thing. I'm just saying it's how it fucking is. And universities are not actually pinnacles of radicalism. They are pinnacles of like radical thought and rhetoric. They are actually really much more postmodern institutions, but we're not going to get into that right now. The point I'm trying to make oh, is. Oh, God. Oh, God. I can hear George. Exactly. Don't get me on head. the whole tangent about how universities aren't actually <laughs> radical. They're, they're postmodern because I can talk about oh, that for I mean, three I hours. Have, oh, I, I think that you would enjoy my, my uh, academia, my uh, academic, activist academia take. Um, and I'll let you peck my brain about it one day. But oh my yes, God. moving on. Yeah. And it's going to be, there will be a special. Like, please like this show if you want. Like, comment in the comments, actually. <laughs> DM Cha. DM, yeah. uh, DM yeah. Bob. DM, DM Bob yeah, if DM you want Bob. us to get, if you want to have Bob. an Amelia X. Kennedy episode where we rant about academia. All to get to my point, which was most professors are not going to give you the syllabus that you want, but they'll give you the class topic you want. And as that it was like, feel free to bring in outside things like i have a dis- class is a discussion you know i'm tr- I'm trying they bring in lots of perspectives and stuff like that so when you see a syllabus and you're like man this kind of skips over a lot of shit i wish we would talk about in this class 
What you don't do is email the professor who like most of the time is not going to agree with you. And if he does agree with you, it's too late to change it probably by the time you're emailing him because these syllabuses are reviewed weeks in advance and they can't really be changed super much unless they have tenure. Your job now is to go to the class and incessantly bring up the outside topics that you wish would be covered. Example one, God bless him, love this professor, he's amazing. And he's a really nice dude, but he's not a Marxist. I just know that, I'm sorry. He's a dude who's really into birds, ornithology. He's not a Marxist. <laughs> and I had to take for my last semester, a class on environmental econ with him. And when I got there on the first day, I could tell that it was a room full of people who were just taking this because they're quiet little econ majors who really just want to like, you know, they want to be good and get good grades and go and get good jobs at consulting firms and blah, 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 blah. Um, and I was the annoying person who was a Marxist and was taking environmental econ because I wanted to rant to everyone about how Chevron left this one lawyer on house arrest because they because the government of Ecuador had the audacity right. to not side with them. Right. And on the first day, I mentioned when they went in the roundabout, like, what do you want to talk about this class? I was like, I want to talk about political economy and I want to talk about how we need to have a national like nationalized economy for this for us to end climate change. Blah, blah, blah. Like I was open about it. I wasn't. <laughs> scared and i'm sorry like if you're a literal marxist it's kind of scary to be at a school full of like fucking liberals who think that you are crazy and you are a radical leftist like they actually think you're a leftist if you're not a leftist in the sense of like here's my lived experience as i read foucault like if you're actually a leftist who's like hey redistribute people don't try to like you like people just don't try to like you so i a class, but I also contributed to discussions that maybe weren't about my topic, like weren't around about, about my Marxist perspective or whatever. And I would bring in bits of it. I would relate it back to things that were important to me. I would bring in, as I said, that sh that Chevron uh, lawsuit uh, article with the interviewer. I I emailed that to my professor when it came out. I was like, hey, because at that point we'd gone online. But point being, like. I would bring these topics up constantly, which would force the class to have discussions about them. And I'm like. That is going to be a much better use of your time if you single-handedly, as not not a part of like trying to go through an institution to change things, but just you single-handedly change like what the class looks like. That is so much better use of your time. Which brings us not to do the transition, but brings us to college Democrats. Want to take it away there? Oh, uh, I good. guess uh, did, did I miss something about syllabi? Because oh god, there's this email going around on Twitter right now that Have is you so not dumb. Seen it? Oh, it's hellish. No, I'm suspended. Oh I need hellish. to make a new. I mean, I need to discover oh. Twitter for the first time. Don't even get involved in it. Our view, our listeners you, will know what we're talking about. It's so do you dumb. Want, it's like one of those things. Do you want quickly? Do you want the long and short of it? Quickly, um, do you want the long and short? of it? I put the quickest <laughs> possible. <laughs> If it's not yeah, important. somebody somebody is taking a gender studies class oh, and epic. they've already done all <laughs> they've already done all the reading and they're trying to get their professor fired for not having um, a diverse enough uh, like a, a syllabus. I with think it's all the word bell authors. hooks. Is that is that what this is about? Is yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's not really about bell hooks because that's not even the thing. What's so funny about that? Oh my god, that whole email. I can't even go on. Wasn't Twitter she for posting? Wasn't she posting about uh, wanting to like find something to report him over anyway? Yes, that's the whole oh thing. That's why people are like, oh my god, why are you siding with the like people are getting mad at me about being like, hey, like you can also solve this problem by not trying to go through the dean. You can just kind of be that person in your class. They can't kick you out of it. Like, 
professor okay. treat me like, like shit, <laughs> and I was still too lazy to go to the dean. What the hell kind of dork? Two weeks into the semester, it's like, yeah, um, my professor. I'd like to speak to the manager. Books. There aren't enough books uh, in my uh, syllabus that I like that I've already read that I can talk to other people about how I've already read them and how I'm smarter than them, and I'm just taking the class to brag about. I, I yeah, have a lot of I, well, I have, my I have uh, my the whole thing is just irritating. <laughs> my professor today was posting cringe um, in the lecture about uh, game theory, so I'm up for a, a pretty. Uh, uh, enjoyable uh, semester it's here. What gets you with this whole email? It's like I wish I had professors that were as nice. Like, okay, you can interpret. Okay, it's text, so I guess you can interpret whatever you want from that email. But like, I get how you could, if you're looking for a malicious reading, you could read it as condescending. To me, it just sounds like one of the few nice professors who would actually read your full email and respond yeah. to it. I had a couple of professors like that. They're just awkward. They're awkward dudes and they write really awkwardly. And it obviously sounds like when you read the letter, this person's just being like, I'm sorry, I can't really change the syllabus at this point. If you're gonna have this much of a problem with it, I recommend you drop it. But honestly, I want you to see that I tried my best. So this was before the ad drop. Come and bring it up in the discussion. What? So this was before before even the ad drop. Yeah, like this person (laughs) could drop the course. Yeah, you can get your money back. (laughs) The person that tweeted the email—that was one of the things that they took umbrage with—was the fact that he said, "If you don't like the syllabus, you could drop the course." Which I've been told like a million times to drop classes. Like I, it's what the exists. number of times I I've gotten a, weird generalized a, emails about it. Like, <laughs> I have a nightmare professor story that I have to tell. Okay, I had this. I had this blind professor, one of the only professors on my regional campus that had tenure, and he was an English professor. And I got I got sick one day. Okay, I had to go. I had to go to the little podcasters room, and I spent quite a long time with my face far too close to a toilet a public toilet and then I went outside because it was midterms and I studied I laid on the concrete and I studied for my music uh for my music of the world midterm and I didn't get a grade for a paper that I had turned in the week before and so I email my professor and then he sends out an email to the whole class about a bad apple that skipped that that abused his trust and his disability and skipped class and that like that kind of um abuse and uh what what did he say that kind of like it was basically like that abuse of my trust won't won't be tolerated in my classroom so i emailed this guy and i'm like hey so yeah i'm pretty sure that that's not about me but like what's it was was it about me and he's like, well, I mean, if you feel like if you feel like it was about you, maybe you have a guilty conscience. And uh, he said something about like, and I really didn't appreciate how you left my class. And if you don't drop my class, I will pursue an academic uh, trial and or an academic hearing or whatever, whatever colleges do. I don't know. And uh, you'll be expelled, basically. So, so this was eight weeks into the semester. And I was only able to take three classes that semester because I had to drop another class because it didn't fit into my schedule. So I end up half time out of nowhere because this nightmare professor just decided randomly that I am not allowed to go to the bathroom when I want to, like as a grown woman, right? 
And I still didn't go to the dean because like, I don't know, I'm terrified of like emailing people with authority. But point is like people have shitty experiences with professors all the time. It's literally like (sighs) growing up, I expected that my professors would be so much meaner than they are. That was like the only guy that was ever more than just like kind of snide to me. Right. So it kind of blows me away that there's anybody in the world that thinks that like a a rushed end to an email is like the most vicious form of abuse. Yeah. Like I really want to know what the email that she sent to him looks like. I just can't get over it. I just, yeah, I, I won't say much just because I don't want people to like go to my profile because I'm not really going to touch Twitter for a while, but go to my profile and like attack people who got upset with me. But it's just like so absolutely ridiculous to see people being like, wow, how do you feel like if you never got like, 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 wow, he said that like black queer voices aren't important. It's like he literally never said that. Like he in the email talked about how he wished he could have more representation of everyone, but it's not a class on being black and queer. It's just an ep- ed, ep- have, fucking, sorry, a class about like queer culture, which like, yeah, a lot of it is like, and I'm telling you, that's what I mean. Like, yeah, is it disappointing that there's not more probably? Yeah, I'm not, that's the, without any reservation. Yeah, that's a really awful thing. I wish there were more, but that's, but that's you can't not, expect- But that's also not- change. It's not his, yeah, he's an adjunct professor. Yeah. It's not on him he's to He's one that. person. He's one person, yeah. and like, it's not his fault that like the seminal texts that people reference are written by white LGBT people, because those are the people yeah. that 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 like the, uh, gender studies and queer studies has centered, uh, you know, for the last yeah. thirty or forty years. Like, this isn't yeah. new, and it's not one man's fault, and you shouldn't try to yeah. ruin his life for it go to his boss it asks to literally i'm sorry the comparison is, is exactly the same go to the manager and like ask yeah. his manager how he's like i am sorry there is like if the person there there's sometimes in the last couple of weeks people are like oh wow you're gonna get this dude fired like okay that professor who got fired for making the joke about the chinese international student from wuhan and was like oh i'm gonna put my mask like yeah that dude can eat shit and whatever like because i'm sure that's an indication of like other shitty behaviors someone writing right. an email that doesn't make you happy like oh my god what is like what is, like I, I hate to sound like fuck charlie kirk but like goddamn, where's the fucking line people like when does it like like i did that i did not do amazing all the time in college and i had some disappointments i could have if i wanted to hold cards to be like mm-hmm, you're discriminating against me because i am mentally ill and so like, like yeah it's true it probably they did not they were not kind enough to me about my like mental illnesses and stuff. And they were probably not kind to me because I was a woman when I was LLC. Like all these things, all these things can be true. But if someone responded to me with the kind, the professionalism and the true like understanding of that kind of email, never would fault them. Never. Because it's clear that they read what I wrote, cared about me being, they care about me, what my issue is. And they're offering a solution if I cannot accept the terms that they've been given. Like, and I'm sorry, dropping the classes and saying, we're gonna kick you out of the university. I haven't to drop classes that I liked. Like you get at least part of your money back. Like it's an extra fucking check after you get your refund check. You get like, you know, for me I went to a regional campus. So it was like, you know, like a five hundred dollar check instead of, you know, however expensive. But like 
who fucking cares? Like, you don't have to take a class that you're not going to enjoy. If you are in, yeah. if you're taking a gender, if you're taking a gender studies class or a queer studies class, and you feel like, because what this, what this feels like is somebody being like, I, like, you know, like Hermione Granger, I've actually read all of this material and it's not, you know, I'm sorry about the Harry Potter reference, but hmm. I'm allowed to. Because no, I get like, it. Yeah. Like, um, just. I do want to say one thing as well. There's yeah, a, a whole you. There's a whole thing on there where people are like, "Oh, you can only like." There's not enough authors like of the of this. And like, yeah, I get it. Like as you said, like there should be more black queer writers in that class. I agree, but I also don't think that just because someone is not checking certain boxes, that means they can't write about. They can't make intent like intellectual and interesting insights into the struggles that are faced by like somebody a certain identity. Paris is burning because it was made by a white woman. Yeah, there's not yep, a, there's not that a kind of yep. uh, polylogism. Like, you can't speak at all if you're not of a certain identity. Yeah, like, I mean, it, 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 it certainly feels... Okay. The email... If she was really trying to report this professor for no reason, it does make me wonder if if it was about somebody not checking certain identity boxes, maybe shouldn't feel like he was queer enough or, you know? Yeah. But my point I was trying to make here is that one, probably actually I'd say the most influential book I read in college. Yes. More than capital, more than almost any of like the most important book I would say in the terms of how it has affected my view of the world, how it is given language to talk about my specific struggles and stuff like that, is a book called Ways of Seeing by John Berger. I was assigned this book in my women of age, women coming of age on screen class. Now, John Berger, I don't know if, if you could tell, when he wrote this was neither a teenager nor a teenage girl when he wrote this. But the insight and philosophy he makes about women and their represent and the way that they become objects the way they are become visual objects the way that women have to monitor themselves while also monitor their interaction with the world around them all of these insights it's a fantastic book they were formative to my understanding my, my new understanding of marxian feminism to my understanding of visual culture to my understanding of just being a woman and it was written by someone who was neither a woman nor my age. However, I, if I were to go on the standards of you can only write about like feminism or about women if you are a woman, I would have missed out on that book. That book that came from a, a class that was made to be about women. So I'm sorry, like, yes, it's good to take from lots of different perspectives. You can ne necessarily check the identity box of the perspective that you're writing about and make fantastic insights into it and that to me is why i get so pissy at this like paris is burning is by a white woman that's been like that to me is just what are you talking about like paris is burning does more to humanize uh struggling lgbt people during the aids crisis than any other piece of media ever will or ever has it doesn't matter who made it uh yeah it documents a, a lifestyle that was uh made in society to look dirty and it it glamorize it it doesn't glamorizes it it shows how beautiful it is um 
it treats people who would have been treated like trash, like humans who matter. It doesn't matter who made it. It should, it should, it is important to anybody who ever got like their opinions from Tumblr, like, you know, mm-hmm. you know, also, if you want to aid stuff, all that and how to survive a plague is also a fantastic, mm-hmm. fantastic look. And it's also by a white guy who never got he, he was gay, but he never got AIDS. And he was just a journalist while this was happening. And it's like, I think a good way to understand the difference in between just saying you need to check a media, you need to check identity box. And like, your media is bad is like, rent is an example of a bad thing about AIDS. That is a bad Ugh, musical yeah. with bad I politics. But the I reason that rent. rent is trash is not because it's written by a, like, okay, who actually wrote Rent? I don't fucking remember. Rent musical. Oh, God. The reason that it's trash, yeah, Jonathan, the reason it's trash is not because Jonathan Larson is a white man. Like, that's not why it's a bad fucking, that's not why. The reason that it's awful and stupid is because the it's politics because he's a white liberal. are nonsense. It's because he is a liberal who doesn't understand why the AIDS epidemic happened. And he uses rent to paper over why it happened and turn it into right. a thing of aesthetics. How to Survive a Plague is by someone who was born to like similar, circ- not simil- the exact same, but like similar circumstances of being like a white gay who didn't personally ever get AIDS. And he made a very good documentary, which talks about how the institutions failed them. And there was an institutional homophobia that prevented this. Like they're, they're both by people who don't check all the identity boxes, but they produce two radically different visions. Maybe that it's shows almost... that what's important is the politics of the thing. The actual work itself matters more than whether or not the person who wrote it is exactly what you like i don't know you know what i'm saying make your point i'm fucking yeah i I mean i mean i you're 100 right and i feel like there's this like i hate i hate this term because i feel like it's used by the worst people but like the whole like woke segregation stuff like this idea that you you or, or like you know staying in your lane as like a policy for academia Instead of just, like, not yeah. being an asshole about things that you don't understand on Twitter. Like, I feel like the idea that you can't, not only can you not, like, have opinions, but you can't, like, do important work on issues that aren't being paid attention to because mm-hmm. you don't fit the idea. So, like, okay. Yeah, you don't fit the identity. What if we waited? What if we waited for like, like a black queer journalist to like like cover Ferguson with a national platform, or like yeah, and let's see or, what happens like, when we like Flint, it, Michigan. because someone's a black man. Yeah. yeah, and the, yeah. that's how you get Sean King. Like, do you want Sean King? Mm-hmm. That's how you get Sean King, or that's how you get what's her name from the sixteen nineteen project, who's just who said you are politically black. You're like whatever. Oh god. But I'm saying, yeah, we did that whole representation thing, and now we have like people literally being grifters. Like, like I don't know, I just never gonna end well. There's no way in which this is a good, positive conversation to be having. And I just think about this, like, it, it, it to me, I think about it as someone who wants to make films someday, because I have always wanted to make a film about Chicago, but specifically, I would want it to be about. Fred Hampton and like the 
Panthers, but like uh, like a historical like at, like starting in like the 30s and like showing how Chicago wasn't just like oh there's some hey there's some Italians in here like Al Capone in the 20s and then suddenly <laughs> we get you no know, the 60s happened and then suddenly it's a shithole no because that's not what it is what it is is that there was systemic terrorism of black neighborhoods by these Italian and Irish gangs like that then that led into the not the riots but like the civil rights movement which Chicago became like an epicenter of radical Marxist thought and Fred Hampton who was murdered like who was assassinated was assassinated because he had an incredible incredible gift to bring together as, as he called it the rainbow coalition right I would love to make a movie about that that talks explicitly and explicitly puts in the fact that Martin Luther King was a socialist Malcolm X was a socialist Fred Hampton was a socialist Sada was a socialist. All these people. All the people who didn't sign history were socialists. Exactly. And in fact, I've one of the biggest things that made me inspired to do this is that there is a whole idea I had for like a montage that would do, that would show the parallels between the revolutionaries of like 1917 to in Russia versus the revolutionaries that existed in the 60s from the Black yes. Panthers and from this. I can never make that movie because if I made that movie, people would be like, why is a white woman making a movie about the Black Panthers? Seems like she should have just let a Black, she just should have elevated the voice of a Black person. Like, obviously, I would take, I would take collaboration, I would have a writer that was, like, I would have lots of, it would not be, oh, Amelia is making the movie about the Black Panthers. Like, that's not at all what I'm imagining what that would be. But I am imagining that I want to be the one who's making and financing this because I am a socialist and Chicago is important to me. And I'm very inspired by the work of the Rainbow Coalition. And I'm very, I very much want to tell the story from my perspective because I've seen what other perspectives do when they tell these stories, which is that they liberalize it. They paint over these political undertones. And I can never do that now. And I, I thought that I can never do that. I don't want to be like a you know whiner about all this because it's like whatever. Like if I get well, to we that can't point, make movies anymore. Yeah. yeah, I don't want to be like Charlie Kirk being like, no, you never make movies anymore. What's the what's the name of the dude? Ben Garrison being like, oh, I'm gonna go to the Social Justice <laughs> University. Comedy but, is like, so illegal now. I'm not allowed to. Be oh, funny. you can't be funny anymore. <laughs> but I do think it's interesting that like the only things were i don't know i just am pissy because i'm like i want to make movies about people who are just you know white ladies i have the a lot of movies is, like, ideas that aren't about white ladies and i don't know if i can ever make them because people are going to get pissy at me that's all the thing is like there is no there is no like truer way of like lifting up black voices than to like make a documentary or a film about them and like yes obviously it's important to like not not have it just be like a like a one woman show of like you know yeah. I'm gonna decide all of the don't make Green you know. Book. I recommend you don't make Green yeah, but, Book. If you're gonna yeah. make a film, don't make Green Book. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, but um, like if we're gonna you know if we're gonna talk about like privilege, like you do have like a certain privilege as a white person where like your work might be seen as more respectable, and if so, you have you know not by regular good people but like pieces of shit that like are in these institutions that might you know take something more seriously if it has a white face associated with it and that sucks it's awful but it's not your fault you know mm -hmm. it's those institutions fault and i think that anything that 
people can do to like spread knowledge of like you know specifically something like the rainbow coalition which like proves every like cynical smear against the left to be wrong like that we're like all racist and homophobic and we just want like the white working the white working class to be able to like do Which slurs when they check when they like yeah right like this like this stupid like bird-brained idea that like liberals are convincing people that socialists are just like white dudes that hate women and black people that also want health care like it's Man, I have actually, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, honestly one thing that. about this go ahead I am so okay I came to kind of a realization recently about the whole like white working class thing which is that like first the people who are on the super super like not right but like the i'm not gonna name anyone because i don't want anyone to add me but the people who say stuff like oh i say slurs around my friends who i work with at my kitchen job all the time like i'm not gonna go that far because i don't because i don't think that happened like i just don't think that there's any workplace where you're just throwing around racial slurs back yeah yeah (laughs) what i think that but on the other hand i think it's true that like most normal working class people don't care which doesn't mean that like they use slurs and they're cool when the white dude who goes on twitter too much uses slurs what that what i mean when i say that is like i don't think anyone who isn't on twitter gives a shit like i just like don't think they care i don't think that they base their politics around whether or not people say mean jokes like i know that's what everyone else is doing now but i just think that there's like the vast untapped unvoting mass of working of actual working class people it's just it's not like a thing that they're like gonna die on the hill of they don't have sean mccarthy can say the (laughs) n-word yeah they don't have the end like like people who are people who are coming home you know people who are coming home from work after a long you know after a long day they don't have time to like get on twitter and be like oh wow this person made a you know made a horrible made a horrible joke about women this person objectified women like even if somebody does say something that is shitty like most people don't care most people don't have the it's just ability awkward. to it's make just themselves a personal care. awkward interaction most people yeah. do not base their politics around their personal awkward and unpleasant interactions actually somebody actually somebody like uh made me feel uncomfortable at the water cooler one time so i'm all right now yeah, it's like, that's actually what's so funny about how people don't understand the U.S. office. The whole point of the U.S. office, which has been completely lost as it became a meme, is actually a really, really insightful look at how workplace politics happens. Like, it doesn't really change. Like, yeah, over the course of the seven years the thing went, or eight years, nine years, whatever, all the characters change in some way or another. But the true genius of the office is that they're all kind of pretty much the same but they do interact with each other. So you see these different, essentially political viewpoints have to deal with each other. And a lot of them aren't like, I am a Trump's or whatever. It's like 2008. So like, they're not like, I'm a Bush supporter, blah, 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 blah. It's like, everyone is like, politics is not their everyday life all the time, constantly. Even if their world is imbued with politics, which is what the office does really well, they don't know that they're interacting with politics when they do. So, when, because for example, sit in politics. 
exactly because for these people it is like a material thing that like they're like they don't have a connection where they're like if i vote for this person or whatever then my life will be better that's why the unionizing episode is so fascinating there's multiple of them but like one of the ones is so good because it shows the contrast between how how they can use cultural issues which in that situation it's the girls versus the boys but that's just very funny and the girls upstairs are having like a woman's like a women's empowerment meeting and in the, in the basement of uh, the they're all talking about unionizing because michael is dumb enough to organize a boys lunch or whatever and so the whole fucking joke of the episode is wow when you get people together who have broadly the same material interests and there's nothing distracting them they kind of start to realize that their material interests like are together and that their lives fucking suck because of their boss. And no more uh, cubicles, we're just together. Okay, so exactly. uh, I'm gonna interrupt. Gonna I, interrupt. Got, I didn't write you about this for too long, but yeah. I'm gonna interrupt another thing. Uh, comment, comment again, and uh, also yell at Bob again if you want us to do. Uh, if Virgil you want Amelia to do, if you want Amelia to do an episode. <laughs> yelling about uh, the office because i would be interested yeah in please start more. dming me because i don't know if anyone actually listens to this when i say dm them so dm bob and then dm me because dm all of us we all like friends things. yes we want make add us to your group chats i say that now add us to your group chats. <laughs> yeah add, us, <laughs> add the bad practice account well, to your group chats you know and send us memes all right uh, so i i guess uh what were we even talking about? Oh, that got us really off topic. Anyways, um, back to the, what I was talking about. Wait, about. wait, 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 wait. wait. What, what, one second that I wanted, one, one point that I wanted to make. I think that the most important point of The Office is that Jim and Pam are really sweet. And I like them. Yeah. That's I think my, Jim and Pam are really sweet. I also think that... That's my takeaway. That, um, okay, I need oh, to say shit. something in like Michael a minute. Michael and Holly are just... Yes. Okay. Sorry, yes, I'm Alex. I'm not trying to... <laughs> um, I'm not trying to overtread yes. you, but so I guess get kind of a, a breadth of what we uh, were originally uh, talking about. But that's fine. Uh, I'm clearly uh, very energized by that uh, conversation, but <laughs> I guess we could you could say that it really does tie back into um, stuff from the beginning, in that we've also got thoughts on college Democrats, and it was college uh, Democrats that conspired. Uh, in particular against Alex Morse in a kind of like careerist um, social climbing attempt to uh, to smear him. And I guess I've stepped all over Amelia's transition. Um, so I will, no, I will, I I will stop I treading best. it. I will stop treading it and um, 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 stay in my lane and listen. Oh my God. I mean, honestly, someone else please explain what these dumb motherfuckers did, because I am, if I even get start, if I speak, if I speak on what they did to Morse, I will. <laughs> well, Bunch okay, of brown so as dorks. I understand it, they conspired. Bunch of brown-nosing like, dorks. Oh, you're, so sorry, you go, go ahead. ahead. I was going to say a bunch of brown-nosing dorks decided that they were going to be extra brown-nosy and volunteer to uh this shitty congressman uh richard neal that they would um try to get this young gay progressive mayor to act in untoward ways with them sexually so that they could railroad him out of this congressional race um where he would be unseating if he won 
a very conservative uh, Democrat, doo-doo head. the chair, yes, mm-hmm. a big, a big fat doo-doo head uh, who shits out his doo-doo ass yes. uh, in, in his chair on the, uh, uh, the Ways and Means Committee where he has the power to like strike down every, you know, piece of progressive landmark legislation that anybody has proposed in the last like four years. So it's pretty important to get him out. And it matters a whole fucking lot that the Democrats, the fucking woke college Democrats, um, decided that they were going to engage in what can only be called like a fucking rat fuck. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, a, like a like a vicious well, rat fuck and, and using it's the also most homophobic, the most homophobic. Well, I have some quotations from men. I have some Go quotations ahead. from this uh, uh, thing on the Intercept. So it it, it it is explicitly careerist. Timothy, I'm gonna read from it. Tim, Timothy Ennis, the chief strategist. Maybe I shouldn't say his name. Uh, anyway, I don't care. Uh, the chief strategist for the UMass Amherst College allegedly parody College Democrats admitted in chat the chats um, fuck that he was a Neil Stan and said he felt conflicted about involving the chapter of the college democrats in a future attack on morse quote but i need a job unquote concluded annis um it's clearly entirely spurious and like the 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 great evidence against this um uh, gay challenger to this congressman is that like um uh, like they they match it on tinder at some point and like uh had the most they didn't the even map. Yeah, ben- maybe they masked on Tinder. I, I think they may have like incidentally previously, but like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure what the like the what chain led to this conversation. But they they basically basically he's like having like this delightful DM exchange like on in on Instagram, just like making small talk like. Um, I'm get, I'm uh, get a, going to my mom's surprise I'm birthday party. I'm going to a parade. I'm going to a um a parade and doing wine tasting. <laughs> He's going to a parade. That is clearly I some gay, did. some gay satanic reference to uh, uh sex with with uh uh bondage and leather. And uh, yeah, that's that's it. Man, well, anyway, and then and then this um, the Bobby of this... the queer eye. He's the one who builds the house <laughs> and just wants to he, smile. He looks like he has Parks and Rec music in his head, like playing uh, all the time. I'm not sure if uh, if that person mentioned previously is is the same as this other person, but this person shared a screenshot of that totally benign Instagram exchange. Uh, with friends and basically said, uh, quote, not overt, but it's very clear he's not talking to me for no reason. So just like uh, um, this is the entire controversy, but um, the way it was rolled out like uh, in the uh, preceding weeks to like when like this uh, entire thing fell apart was that like this was like a huge like bodies and spaces issue of like a, a age gap power dynamic, all like all like the the the, the, the stuff that um melts uh, your brain you to um, and like this, this was made out to be like a huge like sexual indiscretion by uh this uh morris person when it it literally amounts to an instagram chat where he's like i'm going to go to a wine tasting thing uh have a nice we- uh evening um smile emoji <laughs> 
So that, that, that's how what I understand it, oh it is, and like and like the worst, what emerged the is like thing? it was a whole giant conspiracy by the co- like the 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 Democratic Party, but in particular like the College of Democrats. <laughs> I just think that we should the believe dumbest. survivors. Oh no. Yeah. I just think that we should believe survivors, even when even when there there's none. Are any? <laughs> and it was, I think it we was should believe survivors was... of DM exchanges. Yeah. I think well, that if anyone's ever sent you a smiley face on Twitter, uh, call my law firm. You will be compensated. It's not over, but they're, but they're clearly talking name. to me for a reason. Um, like what, what? 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 I also thought was I just super want to epic say was... for the chat. There's a cute boy out there. <sighs> who is having a good night was that I went going to the that night that I had a wine tasting party at a friend's house and then you're going to go to a parade in North Adams you are straight and <laughs> rather like if you're straight bisexual anything that is attracted to a woman and you are single and you are looking for someone who wants a real relationship <laughs> I am here my DMs are open careful careful Amelia I mean... is beautiful she's a catch uh, I'm the most cynical person of politicians, trust me. I don't, I'm sure most of my nurses, I've met Alex Morse because before I left my horrible institution because of Rona and graduation, he came to speak at my school a number of times. And one of them, I was part of the event person in charge. He is literally as nice as he seems in those screenshots. He's the type of dude who like, as mayor would personally sh- snow shovel someone out of their driveway. Like this feels wrong like on a visceral level. Like, okay, I get it. If it's, I don't even get it. Like it's bad if it's like AOC, but like she kind of has a killer instinct to her or something. Like, I don't know. Like all these people, all of the, like you are picking on someone who actually believes that like he can, he's the person who's like a precocious little kid who like didn't become Pete Buttigieg because he has a soul and like- He's Leslie No. If I can keep making the Parks and Rec references, he seems like a Leslie No, right? Like- He's not even Leslie He's like Leslie No, but Jerry had a kid. Well, uh, I just—I also thought it was uh, very epic to see, like, even after like the entire thing fell apart, like people like still like trying to defend the edifice of it. Like, there's some sort of bodies and spaces lesson to be learned. Uh, that that even was even cool. if it was even if it was totally fake, the idea that something could have happened weirds me out. So I think that we should still punish him. That gave you for is basically what it boils down to. Oh man. And, like, the weirdest part of it was, like, seeing a bunch of kids argue to, like, people our age, like, people who are just, like, four or five years older than them. Like, I'm actually way too immature to um, ever be <laughs> to spoken to by, yeah, I <laughs> to, to use Instagram. be spoken, yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm a kid. I'm wearing my little fucking uh, fan hat and I'm eating uh, a lollipop right now. Well, um, I just I guess, want to say something. Uh, oh, okay. Go ahead. She, um, um, it's it, it she, not Chai. I'm not from Chicago, believe it or not. I think um, of it as Chai, of Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> Get the fuck out, Illinois. Um, 
I know. <laughs> I, I deserve to be deleted off the planet. And now, now I've. Illinois oh, 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 oh. Okay, so they like the kind of people who who at would, least like, you're not from Ohio. Make this gratuitous attack against like you know, uh like you were saying a a, a well loved uh, person from their community that they, they would be aware of his uh, uh positive um uh, qualities you know how he's like a uh, a lovely Labrador retriever or whatever um the, the kind of people who would do that are the kind of people who would um volunteer for the ed or the uh, ed Markey, for the a joe kennedy campaign uh like 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 like, like the kind of like um sons of sons and daughters of like yeah. uh um, like these corporations like uh like doing unpaid internships because like their uh, dad works for um raytheon and uh you know uh just uh elite uh, uh social climbing democrats love them but uh, i don't know where that was gonna go <laughs> well i mean just to piggyback off of that like none of them needed to be told to do this like this was a kid who like volunteered this elite solidarity yeah like you know and 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 i guess the point that i that i want to make with this is that like this is like hmm. actually no never mind I'm yeah, not everyone go it, vote for this fucking like, guy there tomorrow. Is, if like, you live in this, if you live in that, you live in the yeah, hellhole that is called Massachusetts. <laughs> and for Marky, <laughs> not that it matters, but but it, it, it's kind of just like, just like the the fact that they're they're running a challenger to begin with. It's just like a gratuitous attack on the left. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, like they're, they're like, rubbing our noses you, in you, it. You cannot have a single uh-huh. W. Right. It's not enough that we were rat fucked you know, months ago with Bernie and that we're watching as like Biden wins yet again, the Democrats are like fumbling one of the most winnable. Minnesota is a swing state yeah, now. Theoretically the most Minnesota like. Minnesota is a swing state. No, it, that was the only state that went blue during Reagan. What the fuck happened? It's clearly clearly what we need to do the democrats need minnesota? to the democrats need to minnesota keep going to the right we got it god damn it we got to get more racist minnesota oh, minnesota okay do you want to know how many times minnesota okay how long has minnesota been a blue state minnesota blue election like oh, fuck election history okay minnesota ele- election election voting history okay they have been, where is this? Blah, 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 blah. They have been Democrat since 1972. They have, n- since 1972, they have been Democrat for every single, every, 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 every single election. Like, it, like you just cannot believe they are such a, basically, until, I guess, fucking 2002, uh, they, they got better after that, but still, like, point being, like, Democrats only recently started fucking up Minnesota. This did not used to be something that was difficult to win for Democrats. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is a very bad sign. Minnesota is, like, the, the bluesty blue state on the, the planet. Like, it's the one where they still have the the, farm, the Democratic Farmer Labor Party. Oh, like, they are still blue enough where you can get an Ilhan Omar out of them. And it's a swing state in this election. I cannot understand anyone who works for the Democratic Party anymore. I don't get it. I don't. Okay, I'm. I'm gonna. I'll get off my soapbox. I don't get how this happened, though. I don't get it. 
Uh, do you want to guess? Do you want to do you want to guess the uh, margin of uh, victory Hillary Clinton had over Donald Trump in sixteen? Less than. <laughs> I don't. I'm not gonna guess. It was less than two percent. <laughs> oh, nice! <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Love solidly blue state. Love. You know, can you check what happened in two thousand eight? Yeah, can you check what happened in two thousand eight, Minnesota? Because I want to see that, y'all. Oh shit! Well, twelve was uh twelve. I mean, I'm just like fucking clicking on Wikipedia. Twelve was like uh eight points, and eight was eleven. <laughs> so it's just been this precipitous ah. drop over like the past decade or so. That feels good. Wonder those what numbers, happened there. Those numbers feel really sexy, and I love it. But the reason I the reason I say that potentially it favors Republicans is, is just like, okay, allow me just, just indulge my fucking nerd electoral uh, like uh, analysis for Go just on, a second. Nate so like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we understand that like uh, like uh, states like these run extremely close. Like they're 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 supposedly like this blue raw blue wall, but really because they fucked it up so much, it's they're they're now like d- minusculely lean. Democrat states. If we uh, consider uh, what happened in uh, 2016, like uh, in Michigan, people will say, okay, she did campaign there, whatever. Also, um, there was the Flint water crisis and Barack Obungler went to um, the state and drank, fake drank the, um, the uh, Flint water saying that it was like pure. And there's this conspicuous lower turnout among African-American um, voters. Why? I think we're going to have a similar conspicuous um, lack of turnout because of like how, um, you know, those governments are handling um, like fucking civil rights yeah. and the uh, uprising going oh, on. I literally so, think that. I don't think well, you're wrong. If, if, don't be surprised if, uh, if you know, um, uh, <laughs> a uh you know black and young people aren't too enthused to vote for i don't even want to i don't want to see say even say his name but the challenger to the president Literally, like i'm not even to... wrong and in fact it's kind of trend so continue yeah can be like um today or i believe i believe it was today biden said like do i look like some radical socialist that's sympathetic to rioters uh so um, I think that he's probably going to uh, he's trying to suppress his own turnout. I love it. I want yeah, they do. Like they're lit. The, the 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 Trump and the Biden campaigns are like doing a twin effort to destroy Biden. Like um, Trump is making Biden look like Fidel Castro to. Uh, moderates and right wingers <laughs> and um uh yeah. like uh batista to everybody else uh, for is what the biden campaign's doing so yeah i want to talk a little bit about the geniuses because i um, think anyone who's making a solid prediction is a is a moron like in terms of if anyone's being like biden is totally gonna win or oh trump's totally yeah. gonna win you're a moron shut up it's not going to be decided until literally i'm not joking around my birthday i think is when we can start making actual predictions my birthday is October 17th. Oh. But anyways. Well, um, I have a huge take on this when you're done. point being, last election, wow, the number Queen. one, yes, indeed, the number one issue that happened to Hillary was not people switching to Trump or whatever, blah, blah, blah. It's that, like, over a third of the country didn't vote. 
there was youth not even turning out. People just didn't vote. People would vote everything else in the ballot except for the president. They'd leave the president empty. They so here's the it's actually that, that is a, I can statistically find like find stuff to back this up. So at least let me finish my monologue before you disagree with me. So my no, I, I was agreeing. On, I said they voted for dog catcher. What? Yeah, 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 yeah. I sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't know. It was so nervous. Anyways, but um, my point is what we're going to get to in this election more than anything. This is election of more non-turnout because the left is largely giving up, like not just in the sense of like a 2016, we're like, oh, bad options, back and forth. No, no, no. We're giving up as well because we're like, oh, so all of this is meaningless because even when we elected these Democrats, like, and I actually think this actually stems back to 2018. Yes. I don't have time to get into that. But my point being, the left as a whole like the actual left, people who also could be recruited to the left, including the working class, they understand, as I said before, about like blur discourse. Like they get like, this doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter. It's not going to change my life to vote. And it's not going to change my material conditions. If it doesn't matter if like a, a, a diversity trainer comes in and tells all of my coworkers to stop saying slurs, like, that's not going to change anything. Voting hasn't changed shit. So none of this matters. So broadly, the left, not going to vote in this election. If I, if I had to put money on it, they're not going to vote in this election. So the only thing that's going to determine, there really aren't that many swing voters anymore. What there are, are people who still believe that voting does anything. And those are all largely Gen X and boomers. So you have the respective bases. Right. Mm-hmm. And they have money. Exactly. And so really, money. the only people who are going to decide this election are the dumb, like, upper middle, not, like, not even, like, suburbanites, because suburbanites don't even do that. It's, like, it's really going to come down NPR to... NPR dads and Breitbart dads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to come down to, like, the people in... Sur- it's going to be small margins, and it's going to be, like, anyone who's still duped enough to think that voting changes anything will be consequential in deciding this election. And that means right. it doesn't and matter until that... October, late October, because we don't know what the situation is going to be like any, anymore that, until then, you know? And I feel like there, I mean, there is an element of, like, most people having already, like, like, there, like, is a very low, like, number of, like, undecided voters. Mm-hmm. I feel like people are pretty, pretty polarized, as everyone keeps saying, but, like, I do, I do agree with you, and I, I do think that you're right about, like, this idea of, like, it's not just a suppression of this election, but, like, of morale in general on the left. I feel like there's a, a general feeling that, like, there are two ways forward, and those ways forward are, like, clashes in the streets and, like, hunkering down and realizing that life is sucky and, like, trying to create, like trying to do good under capitalism so that you can give back you know I feel and that doesn't sound very like doesn't feel very nice to admit but like I feel like that's I feel like it's a lot of people's perspectives like I feel like people are it's past electoralism um there's like a and 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 she's been has been talking about this and and hinting at it in conversation this idea that like people haven't it's it's slowly starting to sink in how disastrous Bernie's loss was for the left as a whole. And everything that's happening this year is just sort of like hammering that point home. Um, 
So that's a that's probably a really nice note. I do want to say one thing though on a positive note. I would like to. I mean, if you want to have something else say, I do have something positive, and I'd like to continue. Well, uh, I I have it's doom and gloom. So you want to follow up with something to uh, take the taste out of people's mouths. Uh, I I want to prognosticate uh, a future of of doom. Um, and so all of this kind of uh, analysis that we have been considering and that most people consider is under the premise that there's going to be a typical, let's say, election. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, <clears throat> let's let's put ourselves in a, um, a, a frame of mind uh, considering recent history. So uh, I'm, I'm going to guess uh, that either of you uh, remember the 2018 midterm elections. Uh, you uh, remember in particular Arizona and like South Florida. There were some races that were favoring Republicans, but after absentee ballots were voted the margins changed significantly so kirsten cinema was not going to win uh if we just had the vote on in-person election day but as votes came in she won that senate seat in arizona and in south florida i don't recall if they were waiting on absentees or whatever but basically after the recount like scott's and DeSantis, their margin of victory was reduced by like like over 10,000 votes. And the right wing thought that all of this was like they're finding out they're like they're, they're, they're finding um, like cases of ballots. Like, you know, they're making them up. The Democrats are stealing the election. Right. That's going to happen in every state this year, probably almost every state, because <clears throat> the in-person voting um, for early, I'm looking at the Emerson, the Emerson poll conducted uh, August 30 to 31. Uh, it favors Trump by 2% for early voting. It favors Trump by 20% on election day voting and favors Biden by, God, I gotta carry the one, 39%. So all of the analysis that we've put forward assumes that they will not um successfully you know on election day all all of the reporting is going to show like a trump wipeout right um we we cannot anticipate what will happen legally we cannot anticipate you know that the the courts aren't going to be able to like you know say okay you know what we're not going to count the rest of these ballots we're calling it so you know don't assume that there's going to be like a normal election because like Clearly, the messaging that the like the, the the Republican Party and the president has done has been successful in convincing their base that they that voting by mail is is super bad, and so they're all going to vote in person and in, in early. So, uh, all of the uh, all of the uh, NPR boomers that are voting for Biden uh, uh, and telling you to just vote, uh, well, you may just vote and like have your ballot like thrown in the fucking garbage. Yeah, done. I mean, this is where I'm gonna try and, you know, ameliorate things for a second. I, I get it. I get why everyone is upset about, like, I get why people get frustrated when they look at the stuff online. They want to make predictions and they want to blah, 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 blah. Okay. The great thing about this, the terrifying thing, rather, I should say, it's terrifying and awesome in the way that, like, awesome used to mean, where it's, like, it's awe, like, awe-inspiring and awesome. Yeah. About this year is that we don't know. This is really, when I say, it's not like a cool zone in that, like, I'm going to repeat those dumbass LARPing tweets that are like, get ready for the revolution. It's coming in here now. We're having a general strike. Sorry, that's not happening. Shut <laughs> up. 
but what the problem that happens there is that people general strike i have five dollars yeah fuck, okay it's like there's people who are like both they, they want to have it both ways they both want to spend all their day fighting online about whether or not biden or trump's going to win the election and they want to larp that the revolution is coming my recommendation is to do neither which is that all of this elector, like as as Lenin put it, it's bourgeois theater. Like this is theater. You can watch it and like get your get your gumps on or whatever, like laughing at it. But it's ultimately in our hands in the sense of like, you want to make real change. Real change is talking to your unpolitical friends about socialism in ways that aren't like the weird kid who's like, hey, do you want to read Marx and talk about it? I really like Chapo Trap House. Like, no, like, I mean, like, really engage with your apolitical friends and like, talk to them about these issues, like, as in a non-weird way, like, go to a protest, obviously, that's very, you know, don't go to a protest, parody, 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 but like, it's in our hands and that we can't predict anything. But that's also liberating in a weird way. Like, yeah, the election doesn't matter because we really can't. We don't have any control over what's happening. Like, you don't have control over this shit. Like, just vote. Just, vote, don't vote. Doesn't doesn't matter. You can't control that. What you can control is upheld. Yeah, what you can control is like your own individual self, which is like connect back to everything we've been talking about. Stop worrying if you're in. Don't join college Democrats. Just start a group where you rat like. Please yeah, don't, don't join, join college for a lot of reasons, but like, don't join it thinking, please, no, I'm going to find God, fellow leftists and we can do that. I don't know. No, no, no. Just start like a leftist reading room, like on your campus. Like talk about, you know, you're there. Talk about leftism in your classes. I made one of my best friends just from being the loudmouth socialist in one of my classes. I've actually made multiple of my friends like that. Like friends who weren't political before I met them. Like what you should take from all of this is that like, Treating the world like it, like, like treating these institutions, like whether it's a Democratic Party elections, like as if they're gonna matter, is really silly. But I also worry because a lot of people, I think, are pouring their energy into an online that doesn't matter. And um, I think no, oh, you, I mean, if you want to say I'm wrong, say it now. I thought you were finished. Like, oh, I apologize. I'm oh no, 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 I'm just saying like. Learn the liberate the liberatory side of the other coin, which is that, yeah, shit's getting really scary and really, 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 really bad. But also, you can log off. One, I recommend every log, log off. I've been doing it recently a lot more, and it's been very good for my mental health. But like, you log off and you realize like all that you personally can control is like the space around you and the people around you. And so the best thing to do, to actually, like contribute to this is if you can't protest or aren't like literally there in those areas to protest like don't don't do dumb shit but like if you can't do that the next best thing to do really is to disengage from these dumb discourses disengage from the daily stupid thing that gets posted on twitter unless you have a quick laugh at it like spend your time on things that matter read good books or watch good movies like we recommended talk to your friends well, anyways, last note is try and get offline because I'm pretty sure it's melting everyone's brains. And especially when I hear about the stuff we're talking about today, our brains are melted. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, my brain is definitely goopy. But I I, I, I think I have a, a, a way that kind of maybe puts 
elections and shit into perspective um is if so like polls are determined or adjusted based on what they think the turnout's going to be but you know like we said most people don't vote so if you take those numbers and cut them in half to actually reflect what the actual behavior of the american people is trump is at like 20 percent. yeah that's the thing most people don't vote these are minorities these boomers are minorities yeah it and and so you know what will we'll never be polled what can't be calculated is our class power and uh so uh, work, work on that. Work on, like you said, reading groups and uh, and, and and building that shit because like that at the end of the day it, it has actual, you know, yeah. can lead to something. If you don't want your friends to fall down the dumb-brained rabbit hole of online and start talking about like the Instagram bodies and spaces thing that's been happening recently, or the only you can do to make sure that these views that make you insane that cause the insane discourse don't become what we all focus on is to a not focus on them and to interact with people in a way that like n- not normalize but like makes Fosters. other discussions far more prominent you know right and don't use the word normalize it is meaningless and stupid now right that's why i said fosters because i'm smart thank you oh my it god fosters be annoying in class all yeah right, I- amen be annoying in class and be annoying in- <laughs> yeah be that guy yeah. always be yeah. that guy but don't call managers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're we're well over an hour. Do we have anything else to say, or we want to? I think we're good. I think I feel good about it. Stay tuned for right, more well, content, uh, folks. Just <laughs> yes, we vote. always have things to say. Yeah, just just vote. Vote. Just, vote. Just, vote. just vote. That patriotism is the last refuge of the scoundrel. You must have had the Wall Street gentry in mind. But when I leave, you remember I said, with the last words on my lips, and I am a revolutionary. Political leaders have always exhorted the American people to be nice and quiet and leave things to them. Those people with iPads. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm not a bandwidth on this conversation, I'm sorry. <laughs>